Hello, runners. This is the Rambling Runner Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Chittam. This is a podcast for all of the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while tending to the rest of their lives. And today, I am happy to be joined by Jeff Fairbanks. Jeff is an amateur triathlete, a husband, a father. Uh, growing up, he played all the traditional sports and then kind of got into motocross and then surfing. Uh, ran his first marathon in 2012 before doing his first sprint triathlon in 2013. Now he's an amateur triathlete and um, working on the Triumph Project and Mojo Racing. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, man. I I appreciate the opportunity. So so thank you. Turn that right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been following you on Instagram. That's how I got to kind of get involved uh, with you and kind of seeing what you were up to. And uh, you are epic on Instagram, by the way. I'll first, first I'll uh -huh. say that. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know you, first of all, before we kind of rewind the tape a little bit and get into your background, what exactly is the Triumph Project? Yeah, the Triumph, the Triumph Project is basically just, um, at this point, like a platform to sort of inspire and, um, and challenge people's self-limits. It kind of started as a different thing, and, you know, maybe we touch base on that through the, through the conversation. But for me, it's just about kind of getting, getting the spark going for people to sort of realize that all of us are more, you know, because that's just basically – I don't know. I, I put it like this. I feel like we all self-create these little walls, <clears throat> and um, whether that's intentional or not. And I just feel like hopefully through my journey or, or, or through the things that we can platform beyond that, I can just poke a hole in those, those people's walls to show them that there is actually stuff behind it, you know, and that you can get there. You know what I mean? Like it's not the end. Um, and I don't think it has to be specific to triathlon, you know. I think it can be in whatever, you know, because I just think that's kind of human nature is that we're like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that, right, you know, or – and so on and so forth. But it's definitely not how the project started. How about that? First of all, right. And I, I love the I love the project. Um, just the, the whole idea of it, not only the symmetry, but the audaciousness of it. It's the 21 half marathons in 21 days in 21 cities. You started it just over a year ago. It was July 7th. I'm sorry, July 27th, 2016. Right. And, First of all, I mean that is just that is just an awesome thing to do. It is um you know, the kind of that big, hairy, audacious goal type thing. So before I you know, we break down exactly what that meant for you in terms of what those twenty one days were like. What is uh, the lead yeah. up to that, right? Like what what's the what's the prep work that you have to do, not only physically but all intensive, um, getting ready to do something like that? Yeah, you know, it's kinda <clears throat> so the 21 the reason why there was 21 days is because that's all the vacation i had uh served up at <laughs> at that point right Cause, cause i try i say that because i get these questions like oh you know the tour de france is is uh is 21 days that's that's cool that you did it like that and someone told me that literally as we were riding uh you know during the journey and i'm like uh first of all i didn't know that <laughs> like i'm not like a super cyclist and i'm like oh no actually i just I only had 21 days saved up, you know, for vacation because, you know, I have a normal job. I can't – I mean, trust me, I, I'd uh, I'd be happy to challenge myself more. I just, you know, I can't afford to do that type of a thing. So um, <clears throat> I think the preparation for me, you know, I kind of think what's interesting, like kind of shifting gears a little bit, um, like pre-journey was, you know, the morphing of kind of how the project went. You know, it definitely didn't start out with 21 days. In fact, it didn't even start out with being a focus on me. Uh, I was really actually kind of more or less like a behind the scenes person. I really didn't quite, uh, quite understand where I sort of, or I guess how I fit into the project. So I was kind of debating whether or not I should be in it at all. And then things happened and sort of left me last man standing. And I'm like, well, now what do I, uh, you know, now what am I going to do? Like I, I'm not okay to just, you know, kind of give up type of a thing. And so the, that sort of, birthed this 21 days right and so i had probably about oh i don't know about a year i would say <clears throat> or a little less um in trying to prep when i set the dates and i think for me it, it sort of became the part of there's like a mental piece and there's the physical piece right and so for me mentally it was kind of this point where i felt like 
the training started when I would feel like I couldn't do any more. You know, that was my mental prep. So I needed to push myself in within reason um, in those components. And then the rest of it was just exercise, just physically getting endurance and stuff. But um, I had an interesting theory about it, and I didn't, I didn't know if it would work or not. Um, but there's some, like, racehorse – like, racehorses train. They don't run the full distance when they're going around. You know, they do, like, like a percentage of it. And then the thought is that come race day, they're going to just carry themselves – you know, that extra distance, just, it's not, it's not a big deal. They don't want to injure themselves. And I took the same approach in prepping for this, for this journey. So like, you know, each day I'd swim a mile, uh, you know, like 1.2 miles and then I'd bike like 56 and then I'd run 13.1. Right. And so my theory was, is that I don't want to get to the starting point and be beat up to the point where I'm not, you know, I'm risking not finishing. And so, I never really ran as far as the run piece. That was my biggest fear was that, you know, I've had, you know, wrecks and motocross and, you know, like I've had my ACL surgery, like they took part of my hamstring. My, my right leg was a concern. And so I really never ran over like six miles, I think ever, um, in prepping for the actual journey. I just increased my frequency. I'd run like five or six days a week and maybe to runners, they already do that. I don't know, but I'm not a, uh, I'm not a runner. How about that? I'm just not one of those gazelle, like their, their pace just, you know, they clear like a, you know, like a five yard flick every time they just step. <laughs> um, and so I really tried to rely on the fact that I have this strong desire to do this. Right. And I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just try to mentally prep myself during the difficult times, kind of to get comfortable with the uncomfortable so that when I'm there in the moment, I can push those extra, you know, like I'm only running six miles a day. I'm hoping to bridge that extra 50 plus percent. And so, you know, looking back on it now, I think that was, I think it worked for me because I think what it allowed me to do is kind of start into the, into the journey and actually kind of peak during my time of the journey. And so then kind of then start getting kind of worn out, but then at the end of it, you know, coming through in one piece, which surprised me. I mean, I, I thought I was going to be wrecked, uh, you know, or, or possibly broken in some parts, but knock on whatever. Him. Yeah, so, of course. I, mean, I don't know. That that is that is quite a quite a test, and I can imagine thinking that hey, after the after this three week span, I'm gonna need a significant amount of time off and a lot of doctors visits and whatever. Um, but it's so interesting that how you mentioned how you prepped for it. So I think you brought up a lot of interesting points because first of all, you know, you this 21 days is gonna be was tough enough. You didn't want to go into it with a preceding few months of hard efforts every day because then it's not a 21 day challenge it's like an 81 day challenge or whatever mm -hmm. um so it's interesting how you brought that up and you almost framed it as more of a mental challenge than a physical one especially with the way you you kind of got ready from a running standpoint and i know we're here talking about running um on this podcast but obviously shoot fitness is fitness and you know i'm i'm you know, whether you're endurance running or, you know, swimming a mile or, you know, biking 60 to 100 miles a day, it's all kind of the same in terms of, you know, your ability to get through tough times. So how do you, mm -hmm. how do you prepare for the mental grind that you'd have to overcome? Yeah, and it's, well, I think that's kind of the part where I was putting myself, like, you know, because I would do a lot of things they call my brick workouts. And there's, you know, there's so much, I think, in probably all of the endurance communities. I mean, there's so many different opinions on what things work. And I think with people being so different, you you sort of need to kind of, like, I, I, don't, I don't like being told what to do pretty much if I'm just being straight. So I gathered a bunch of opinions on what worked for those people, kind of, kind of took them back and then figured, okay, you know, how, how is this going to work for me? Because obviously I'm not that person or this person or whatnot. Um, and I did have those people being like, you know, you can't, you can't physically recover, um, to do the running that much. Like you're going to injure yourself or you're going to risk, um, you're going to risk breaking something, tearing something, um, because you're just not, you, you, that's just too much load on you, you know, like blah, 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 blah. And I thought, well, okay, you know, if, if I can get used to the frequency piece and that part about it being kind of. You know, every day, like, oh, I'm running again, I'm running again, I'm running again. Um, if there's potential that that part where I'm kind of saying to myself, like, just knock it off, 
that's the piece that I try to bridge and, and try to work on to train for getting through those days. Um, and so for me, with those brick workouts, doing the things that are tough, like, you know, running in the hottest part of the day, you know, type things like that, um, and uh, just continually putting myself out there when I didn't want to do it, um, I felt, I think helped me know that, like, okay, I can't really fully prepare exactly what I'm going to see on the journey, right? Like, I, I just, you never can. It's like, I don't know, having kids, like, you, you try to prep all these things, and then you're just like, here you are. But for me, I think being in these spots where I just didn't want to do things but but was like, I need to, um, I think helped me to get to that point when I get to the darkness or, or however people want to call that during the 21 days. It's like, look, I've been – I've been a little bit here before. Like, I've heard you tell me to stop before. Knock it off. You know, that type of a thing. And I just think if you don't, if you don't ever get to that piece um, in your training part, then I just think you're at a disadvantage from when it comes because in my experience from the three weeks, it, you know, it varies. So the, the stopping mechanisms that, that get generated from your – whether it's mental or, or what have you, you know, they're not always the same. It's not just a, hey, you know, stop. It's going to be some phantom pain in like a, an area of your body that you've never experienced before. And you're wondering, what's that about? You know, is this serious? Do I do this? Whatever. You know, and it's just trying to throw you off, throw you off course. And so I think if you don't have a, if you don't have a, a kind of a recall, if you will, on dealing with just variability, then I, I just think it may, maybe not win, but it, it may alter your course a bit. And for me, that's mm-hmm. just what I did. I just kept putting myself, you know, out there when I didn't want to do stuff, you know, and like, and just trying to push, you know, that's kind of the best as I, as I can put it. I mean, I didn't have anything about, you know, I don't know, certain situations that I tried to just put myself in. Like I, you know, I didn't go to like a heated up room and run up an incline or any of that stuff. I just, I just tried to do more than, than I wanted to do um, just as a means of seeing how I responded, you know, and the recovery piece was kind of the part that surprised me the most is just that I, I didn't fully understand how you can, I could feel that way, you know, like at night and then wake up and, and actually do it again, I think was probably one of the most surprising things to me. Um, but that's the best that I can say. I mean, I, I do think the mental game is that, you know, like believing that you can believing that you can get there. Like I know without a doubt that I didn't know at what capacity I was going to be on day 21, but I just knew that mentally, like I'm, if I'm going to crawl across, you know what I mean? That last day, I just can't, I can't let down more my family most who made all the sacrifice with me, you know, like I just can't do that. You know, so mm-hmm. I just figured, like, I just got to get there. I just got to do it. Limping, whatever, you know, slinking. <laughs> but <laughs> but that, that for me was what I was what I kind of laid out for myself. And I think right. that could be different for a lot of different people, of course. But that was just me. You know, I, I don't particularly like running, if I'm being honest with you. I just – it's always been the thing I don't like. So me – making myself do it in that amount of frequency and just the continual thing for months and months and months on end, that to me is, um, I don't want to say torturous, but that is a big challenge for me, you know? And ironically, it's like, you know, now, you know, I am doing a lot more running than I was before, but I mean, this is coming from a guy to give you background. I used to complain um, about doing the mile and a half. I'm like, why does it have to be six laps around the track when it like four seems fine, like one mile, you know? And then here it's like (laughs) 13 every day. I mean, you know, it's just a funny, just a funny thing. No offense to the running. I'm just saying, I just, man, it just doesn't come easy to me. How about that? No, it's great. And it's it's interesting to hear because you're saying how hard it is to do it and how much you dislike it and all the, the, the aspects that you just mentioned which makes it an even better story, frankly, right? I mean, if you get that person who's like, I love doing it, so I did it. I mean, that's not very compelling. Um, you have kind of that opposite that opposite story, which I think a lot of people who get into running have, especially in the beginning uh, as an amateur runner or, say, someone who was athletic as a kid but then kind of got back into the flow for health reasons or things like that. So I do have to ask, the way, you're, the way you approach the preparation for this you kind of say it in a very matter-of-fact 
tone. And it's very kind of like, oh, I had to do this, so then you know, these are the ways I prepped. And it makes logical sense. And I think it's easy to lose sight of the fact that it is extraordinary because you're basically laying out the kind of focus and motivation that is lacking in a lot of people. And I can speak to my own, my own uh, you know, swings and fitness or whether it's in athletics or any endeavor in terms of trying to reach kind of peak levels and reach audacious goals. So were you always the kind of person that had that, I wouldn't call it like addictive personality, but someone who saw something and then just went after it full throttle? Or is that something that kind of came on later in life? Yeah, I think, I think kind of a mix of both. Like, I think I've been, I think I've been kind of a driven person to want to do like a good job regardless of the platform. But I think for me, what really kind of lit a fire for me to, to go kind of like all out was one, hearing people tell me I couldn't do it. Right. Um, and then having all of the obstacles that came into my, into my world, um, you know, obviously unwanted, but but that changed the course of the project because, you know, for me, it, the project started out as a memento for the kids. Like I literally asked my wife, hey, do you mind if I spent like $400 making a little, like a little 30 second or one minute video for the kiddos to remember something that I did, like for later in life, you know, think I'm thinking like they're getting married, like look at what my dad did or, you know, like they have kids, look at what my dad did. That type of thing, it never was it like, hey, do you want to make this big project and travel around the East Coast and sell our house and you know, sell everything we own just to do this thing? I mean, that part, when I started realizing, seeing the things that I thought were so, like you said, planned out, I had this plan and none of it went to course. I mean, like absolutely zero. Um, and seeing those things kind of break apart sort of started lighting me up to be like, no, I'm not going down like this without you know what I mean? Without, without my, I don't know, influence or, um, or some say from my part. Right. And, and that was just really hard for me to kind of watch it somewhat spiral because I feel like you have circles of influence that you can, that you can do, right? Like I can't control that. I lost that piece, but I can control what I do about it. Right. And so that's sort of where I went with that. It was like, okay, all these things are falling down, but now what am I going to do? And my, my thought was like, I'm going to, I'm going to just, go like hell, you know, and I'm going to try to make this thing happen, you know, with what I can do. And so I, right. I think that's really kind of what started to spark me to, to figure out ways that this can be, um, you know, kind of a success, if you will, versus versus a failure. And that's, that's really my, my, I had two fears. You know, one fear was failing and two was being alone in the whole journey. You know, like I didn't really think that people were going to come out, you know, like in supporting thing and whatever. And um, those are my two, my two, yeah, my two hugest failures. I mean, fears. Uh, I combine those words right there. Failures, um, <laughs> you know, is, you know, breaking down and doing something like that, letting my family down, you know, or just failing to even get started in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for anyone who's not, who doesn't follow you on Instagram um, or follow you on other platforms that you're on, you're kind of everywhere. Um, I know that you had some issues with with the video of the doc for the documentary that you're hoping to put out. Just just a quick synopsis, like what happened with that, and how is everything going on that end? Uh, yeah, um, well, we got. I mean, I, the short of it is that we got we got kind of ripped off. Um, we and and the 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 resolve is me trying to work with the stuff, but but what happened was is that you know we had a guy that came along um, to take on the project and the way he was going to do it was he was going to film and edit the project together um, in exchange for the camera that we purchased for, for him. And so um, the long story short is that, you know, came through, did all the filming. And then on the last day, uh, his flight out, my, the finishing effort for the run, I didn't finish on the time we thought. So he had to leave before, I was actually done. We finished filming the stuff on my, my wife did it on the, on our GoPro. Um, so what happened was he ended up taking the camera home, which he wasn't supposed to do. Um, and so a few months go by, I'm trying to work with the, with the guy, whatever. Um, and he ends up selling the camera that he didn't earn um, for cash, keeping the cash and then telling me like, I'm not going to finish the project. So 
good luck type of a thing. And then, uh, and you know, I can't, I can't edit or anything. So I got all the, you know, I got the footage. I got most of the footage, I should say, um, enough to work with. And obviously got all the interviews and the stuff that's like the real good meat of it. But, um, yeah, I got left shorthanded on, on finishing up just because I don't know how to edit. So, and then what we're trying to do on, on top of that is like, I don't, I haven't really, you know, been like trying to bash the, I mean, I think it's terrible what he did. I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't sleep that night, um, with that. And, uh, the kicker on the whole top thing is that this is actually kind of an extended family member. So like, I know his whole family, I grew up with his dad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? I mean, it makes it even worse. I, I don't know. It'd be better if, it, if I didn't even know that person is just a random, but, um, yeah, and so to try to make resolution of the whole thing, uh, I just tried to see the light of it. I just like, you know what, look, the whole journey piece in and of itself kind of was was driven by these, I want to say, like kind of helping hands from the community. I mean, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe all the people that said, you know, talk to this person and this person and this person, you know, and then it got me to the journey. And then this stuff happened, right? I mean, I lost so many things on the journey piece. This is just another one of those losses, right? And so I'm not going to dwell on it. You know, and I had someone say, like, hey, my buddy over here is this editor or whatever. I've not, you know, nothing's been in stone or anything like that. But I've had people recently, you know, been trying to help me figure out a way to get it all edited out because it breaks my heart in the sense of, like, you know, all these people that came out, the the people that shared their stories, the people that were, like, wanting to see this thing um, sort of unfold because they couldn't be there. You know, this guy burned them, you know, and that that makes me – mad you know for lack of a better word i mean it pisses me off i'm like god right. you know and then and then i get double mad because i can't i don't know how to do it you know if i had that talent i would just i would just knock it out for these people but it was supposed to be done last october so there you go it supposed to be done just a few months mu- few months after i finished um but you know obviously didn't didn't end up happening so we'll see you know right. if uh like I said, I just let the journey lead me, and I feel like, you know, and here we are again. I'm just going to sort of just keep positive, keep on the track of going, try to try to help the other people in the way that I can, if that's possible. And then, you know, if this falls into place, then, you know, so be it. And that's right, and that I think, is. Right, and then also it's one of those topics where it's, it's kind of evergreen, right? So it's, even if you put it out three months after it finished, you know, it's one of those topics where even if it's a year or even two years afterwards it's still going to be such an interesting story and it's fun to follow and it's interesting how you mentioned how the community outreach since kind of the fallout has happened it's uh i was reading an article that was put out a couple weeks before you actually started uh the triumph project um you know the the 21 day cycle and you talked about how the uh kind of the part of the genesis for your integration into the triathlon community and continuing to evolve in terms of how much engagement you had with community and the sport itself was almost primarily driven by the sense of community that you felt at your first race and how it kind of built it, how it built upon that. So it's almost like this red line or this red thread that goes through your entire, you know, triathlon career at this point. Exactly. I mean, exactly. That was my selling point into into the endurance community just in general. Like I've never, I've just never experienced that. I've never had someone clap for, you know, louder for the person that comes across last on the line than the person that came across first. I mean, it just, that did, it blew my mind. And I've seen that stuff. I've seen that stuff in the marathon. You know what I mean? Like I tried one marathon and I failed miserably, but you know what I mean? I, I saw that camaraderie. I just think the endurance component in general, that's, it really hooked me. And and you're right, you know, it's like if, if anything, you know, is to come of that, right? I mean, how fitting would it be that, you know, the community comes around again and does that, you know? I mean, it's just, it is. It's, and, and that was, that was kind of let, led me to believe like, you know, this, this is where you're supposed to be. Like, this is, this is the community that's, that it's all about. You know, I mean, I had, I had straight up runners come out. I had, you know, straight up cyclists. I had people that do all three. I had swimmers, you know, I had such a mix of people that came out and the hands down, the common thread is that they all have that camaraderie, that, that like the brother sisterhood thing of like, you know, maybe the, the sacrifice and those things are kind of that common bond, you know, that we're, that we're all doing sort of. And I think more so for the people that are like in this position where you have a job, you have a family, you have these commitments. It's not just your job. 
you know, because I think, yeah, how much easier would it have been if I had a driver that took us to every location, if I had corporate dollars, if I, if all I needed to do was show up and I didn't worry about any of the logistics, any of the like trying to market it, trying to, you know, my biggest thing was responding back to the people that left me comments. I mean, I took an hour or so each morning and night just to get back to people on social media. Nobody took the reins from me. I mean, like all of that stuff um, was important for me. Um, it was important for me, but it was also I wanted it to be important for people to know that, like, I am I am there. Like, I am communicating with you. You know, it's not just, look, here's a picture, and then it's just a, a false flat. You know, like, just going to die. Um, and I and I just wanted people to feel that connection. And, and that, in turn, kind of drove me hugely during the journey. But, and, but ultimately, like, to get me to that point was during that first race. I saw all that, you know, the cheering, the the – yeah, just, I mean, even, all right, here, I'll I'll give you this little brief thing. I, in the race, when I came into there, like, it was in Washington, and I have a fair bit of tattoos. Uh, and I was a little bit, you know, kind of looking around and going into the race or whatnot. I did not see a lot of people with tattoos at all. And again, this is my own, this is my own just personal thing, right? So I get in there, and I felt a little bit out of place. I didn't really know where to put my bike. I didn't know... I didn't really know what I was getting into and I had my surfing wetsuit, uh, you know, and I'm just like, well, you know, let me just see if I can survive this stuff. And lo and behold, like going through that thing, you know, people, people recognized me from the tattoos. I mean, that's really easy, right? When there's very few people with that. Um, but it also, it, it became kind of a thing where I felt like I was out of place. It was actually the thing that kind of helped people remember who I was. And in turn, like they had that, Hey, way to go. I remember seeing you out there. Bye. And I just, there's just been nothing else that I've ever done where I've seen that, like people cheering and congratulating you and just whatever. And I think that's because we're all on that same plane. Like even the people doing the race, their family members, they're all, it's all a group sacrifice, right? They're there cheering them on, you know, like they put up with the training hours, the whatever, or they do it together, you know? So I just like that collective thing. Anyhow, sorry, long winded. I know, but. No, I love it. It's great. It's great. And, you know, and when you talk about community, there's really kind of two different communities. And on some level, I would assume that they come together in a way. You know, you have your your in-person triathlon community, people who, you know, live in the same vicinity as you. Maybe you do, you know, training runs, rides, or swims with or um, something along those lines. But you also have kind of your, your digital community whether it's whatever media platform, social media platform you're, you're on. So for you, what's the importance of, of both of those, and has there been a convergence at all between the two? Um, yeah, I think in, so, yeah, twofold, right? I think definitely there's, there's um, an importance factor that you have for the people that are kind of in it, and then there's the people that are kind of on the virtual side. And I think the people that are in it, you have the opportunity to, sometimes, at least in my sport, a lot of the stuff that you're doing is alone. Um, and that's also kind of another piece about doing your training part is like, how do you deal with that on your own? You know, that's probably a part I, I, I missed on touching because when you go out there, how much easier it is for you to be all by yourself and just say like, yeah, nah, I'm done. You know, that's enough. Right. And going back in time when I was doing a, a practice, uh, a practice run down in um, California, this, this woman, uh, Veronica showed up. And she's got an incredible story, and she comes out and she does the run portion with me. That's all she was going to do. And what she told me is that she was just going to run a few miles. She, this, my point in telling you this is because this, this is kind of where I feel like the people in it type piece, how they're important. She, we get to a point in the run, we've passed the, the couple-mile mark at this point, and she just was not going to give up, and I was not going to leave her. So – I just kept, I'd run, I'd go a little bit forward, I'd come back. I, we, we'd kind of travel together, if you will. And I did that along the journey as well. I never wanted anyone to feel like, hey, I'm going to go click off my 13 miles. Like, if you can keep up, great, right? So we got to this one in particular hill, and it was like a mountain, you know, to her. And she's just sweating and just, you know, small steps, you know. And we got it done. And she also ran... I think a couple tenths short of the entire half um, distance and was just beyond herself. Like, I can't believe I did that. That was incredible. Like, I just didn't want to give up because you were there. And that's kind of my big thing about the community piece for the people that actually do it 
you know, you do get some of that where you feel like, okay, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I don't, not like a competitiveness, but like, I don't want to give up because you're still going. Right. And I think that's a huge piece to some people that you, when you have the opportunity to train together, um, and then also to have sort of a correspondence between, you know, like-minded situations like, oh man, I just wasn't feeling it in the first mile, but then I, you know, kept on. And then someone's like, yeah, I know that completely. Right. And then you flip the switch on the other side of it, which is like the community piece that is on the virtual side. And these can be people that also do it or that don't even do it at all. And I think for them, what gets important to me is, is it's more of a humbling thing in my opinion. I mean, I just had no idea that any of this stuff was going to reach anybody. I mean, I was like, oh, if this does something to one person, like I'm going to hang my hat. And I just was not prepared for any of this stuff. Like I don't know the social media stuff. I I never had Instagram before going on to this journey. I mean, in fact, like Facebook was to me, in my opinion, was I was like, well, I should just delete this. This is a joke. I don't even use this thing. Right. You know, and then this journey piece happens and all of a sudden they get this collective. And to me, just, just for them to sort of relate to, um, pushing yourself, even if it's like they don't even do traveling at all or they don't do running or, or, or any of the specific disciplines, but, but they just relate to not giving up or pushing themselves further. And to me, to kind of hear that resonate, um, I think just validated, validated what I was trying to do was just trying to do more than just the sport, right? Um, at least that was my kind of grand, grandiose thing. I thought that people could kind of see like, look, you know, we all have other commitments or we all have these other things, but in sacrificing, um, you know, and kind of pushing beyond what we thought we could do, that reward is so much greater than just accomplishing those small things that you kind of feel like you have a 95% chance of accomplishing, you know? And so that to me has been the important piece for them is just, just their verbal support, just even sometimes even their belief when I was kind of lacking that part, you know, when I wasn't sure, like, man, you know, like day three, I thought it was over, um, you know, and just all of a sudden these people, like I actually started to look forward to their um, comments to me at the end of the day. So I like like to get to the trailer and, you know, be done and we eat and then I'm just reading people's comments. And the same thing when I woke up, that became kind of my ritual um, and, and a huge driver to get through it. And they weren't even there. And then the added bonus were the people that just came because I never knew who was showing up. You know, and like I said, I feared that I was just not going to have anybody show up. And so each day was like this little gift, like, you know, you show up at the, at the, uh, at the pool or the lake or the ocean or whatever. And all of a sudden there's people there. And I'm like, what? You know, and, you know, in some spots there's like 30 people and it just, it just blew my mind, you know, and some of them don't even, some of them and a lot of the, uh, places didn't even do any of the effort they literally just came there just to say man i just you know one want to see if you're here on this day and like keep going type of thing and i'm like that that to me almost blows me away more than the person that's like kicking their own butt you know what i mean you know doing their training and like is there to do the stuff because how in the how in the world did that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't know it, it that's what i'm saying the humbling piece is like i just you came out here just literally to say hello or, you know, I had people say like, I just want to, you know, like high five you and just say like, you know, I'm I'm so impressed with like trying to go along, you know, and I hope that, I I hope that that, like there's a lot of people that do crazy stuff maybe, you know, and all those things. And I just, I just hope that maybe for me being kind of like, uh, I don't know, trying to humanize the piece of like, you know, like I have all these other commitments. I don't know. Maybe that's the relatability that like, you know, you ain't, you can take on some of these things. You can do X or Y or Z. And if my if my little you know twenty one day journey helped people just just even challenge that that self limit of whatever that is, you know, I mean maybe that's like from couch to five K, like those things. I mean, there's some such serious, incredible stories out there and I don't feel like I have one of those. You know? And so, oh please. Oh Jeff, you no, definitely no, I, do. You definitely do. I, well, and I'll I just, tell you and I'll tell you one thing about that because it's, I think that's part of what you just said. I think is key because the, I think part of the reason, a large part of the reason, I should say, about 
the, the connection engagement that I see between you and other triathletes or just fans of yours or people who are just interested in what you're doing is the authenticity that you provide. Because it's a lot, it's very easy, especially on social media, to be, to paint a very rosy picture all the time, right? Like, hey, I'm killing it. Or, hey, another 10 miles down, right? And just like, try to be, and not even in a negative way, someone who's just trying to be optimistic almost for their own benefit. But mm-hmm. I think when someone is like that, they lose the authenticity piece, right? They lose the piece, like you mentioned, hey, I'm struggling. I'm going to try to grind it out. And not only does that kind of kind of open up a window into what's going on with you in that moment, but also it's very relatable because a lot of people are going through similar things, even at the highest level, right? We all experience uncomfortableness. We all have to grind through certain things, whether it's, you know, being the best marathoner in the world or trying to walk three miles if you're, you know, hundred pounds overweight. So I think that that authenticity piece is kind of the, the window in which it provides a lot of that engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure maybe you're right. You know, it's just hard for, it's hard to hear that. stuff. I don't know. I've always had kind of a hard time with that whole, you know, compliment thing. And, uh, you know, the people I think that I kind of, I looked up to this one guy in particular when I was kind of growing up and I'm talking about the surfing realm and he was just one of these guys that he had such extreme talent, but he was so humble in the way that he did things that I just always kind of tried to replicate that stuff, you know? And I think, look, there's a mix of, you know, a lot of different people obviously in the world. And, you know, sometimes there's people that, you know, they have this, this, this cockiness or this confidence and all that stuff. And, and that's, like I even sometimes like hearing those comments. I'm like, that's crazy, man. I'd never say that or something like that. You know, but <laughs> at the same time too, it's like, I always just kind of related to his, his approach, you know? And I just felt like, you know what, you know, I'm, that's just, that's just me, you know? And so it's just hard sometimes, you know, to hear those comments and I don't know. I mean, thank you for saying that, but um, yeah. I, yeah. For me, the project like has changed a lot of my perception too, because you know, this desire to do like races. And so I don't really have that big, I don't have that drive. You know, I kind of have this drive for like, uh, you know, I've been trying to concoct this, this, this crazy adventure, this next crazy thing that I'm hoping can take off. And, um, but at the same, but like in parallel with that, like I've, I've almost been like, you know, what's starting to drive me is like, Oh my gosh, if there's something I can do to like, uh, you know, with things like the make a wish thing where the make a wish, person wants to cross like an Ironman. I have no desire to do like a full distance Ironman. But if there was a kid that wanted to do that for their dream, I would happily suffer through that. You know, stuff like that or like running, like running this, I did a 5k in Florida and there's this kid there, probably like four or five. And I don't know if they had like cerebral palsy, you know, they had these like walking sticks and I, I didn't get into the condition. Right. I mean, that's just what I thought of when I looked at the kid kid was so pumped and i think one of their family members was running the race they weren't there at the time but she she just looked up or whatever i mean like this biggest smile and i was as as we were walking by and so i stopped and i just was like i pulled the kiddos over we said hello and i was like are you you know you gonna run this race or you know something like something like that to effect you know and she just kind of giggled whatever i'm like give me a high five you rock you know and so she you know propped herself up, high-fived it, you know, and just, to me, that was like, oh, my gosh, if I could do that stuff, uh, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. I don't really even know how to put that into words. That's just, to me, I was like, yeah, that's 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 awesome, you know, and and just, right. um, I don't know, show the hardest. I can see that. I can see that, though, because, you know, you obviously are keen on the community piece. I think part of that, too, is, like, you. I never see you posting, like, the times for your workouts. I mean, I, I do that. I'm not saying like no one should do it, but it's very obvious in how you interact digitally that it's all about other people. Like you're always commenting on other people's comments. You're always, you know, it's kind of, it's really about other people, even though you're kind of being proactive by posting in the first place. And that's always a nice thing. And then the other piece for you, right, is the Mojo Racing. I know you're an elite ambassador for them. So what, what does that entail? Yeah. Yeah. They just, when I get done with the journey, they, um, love the pains of the company and they're the ones that sort of uh kind of came on uh, you know relatively early like hey this is what you're doing is cool and you know if we could line up together or whatever and i said yeah uh, i love what you guys are doing too like sure right but then after the journey came 
came along, they wanted to do like an endurance team. And they had asked me probably a week after I got back uh, to Colorado here, they said, Hey, we have this idea to put this team together. Would you, would you kind of head it up with us? Like, kind of partner up with us just to put your kind of face on it. And I was kind of nervous. Um, like you said, the, the times and all, I'm not really big into kind of like where you, where you place. Like, I think it's great that the pros super fast or whatever, but I kind of have this, this thing where I'm like, you know what though? Like you probably gave 90 some percent of your effort out there. Right. Just as much as I did, just as much as this person. And that to me is that common bond piece. I was kind of, kind of hinting at that earlier. And so, for me, that's where I think is the leveling factor. So I, I just relate that to, like, that's why they're all badass. Like, the fact that you even just started that and went through it, like, you rock, right? And so I was kind of nervous because I'm like, well, look, I don't really, you know, like, I don't really know how I feel about the whole, like, oh, you're at this level, so you fit the bill and you didn't. So we didn't do that. We just sort of had this kind of hash out with them about what I thought it would, would make a cool experience or something different. Um, I've never been a team person. Like every every sport I've kind of come from has always been individual. Um, at least at least as I got older. I mean, yes, I did soccer and baseball, but I kind of felt like that was when I was a kid. You know, like my parents put that put me in that, and then I kind of gravitated into surfing and got into these parts that you're sort of just on this individual spectrum. You know, and so for me, it was it was um, key to make someone feel. Uh, different within that team environment i just didn't want them to feel like you 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 like you have to buy this and then you have to look this certain way and that's that so what i'm kind of getting in a long-winded way about is that it was important for me to someone have an experience to kind of make it feel cool like they're special so they get these special drops to their house and they get to pick their own race kit whether or not they do trap on or running or whatever but the cool part was that i didn't want it to be one kit because I felt like, well, that's kind of telling everyone that they all have the same style, right? Like, you might like pink and I might like purple, but what if I make a red kit? Like, you and I both aren't happy, right? Like, I don't even like that. Right, right. So, so for me, we put this array of kits out there that I think they all have equal, like, you know, badassery, if you will, but but they all also have a unique style to those that they, like, talk to. And so for me, that was what was really cool. And that's sort of what kind of hooked me is I was like, yeah, but if we can make this unique to stuff, like I'm fully on board, you know? And so, so that's kind of what happened is that I just, I'm just kind of there um, trying to be sort of like, they say the head of the thing. I think that's kind of funny. Um, I'm just trying to be there kind of in the same light as I was along the journey. Like I come up with these cool little triumph um, uh, challenges. Like we did this one that was, we did um, as many burpees as you can in five minutes, and then you have to go run, um, I think it was five miles with the last mile being as fast as you can. And just to see what that was like, <laughs> to be honest with you, you'd think, like, I would have been prepped up. Like, I've done burpees or something, and I'm, like, ready to go. And, uh, no, it was just a complete butt kicker. And um, that was just a lot of fun. And I saw the people that did it, you know what I mean? And they gave away a kit to the winner. Well, I, I didn't win. Um and so just stuff like that, I just wanted to do training and kind of give people, like, opportunities for stuff. And now I've kind of evolved that into, like, the Triumph Project site, like, the actual website has gotten this platform about sharing, like, trying to be a hub for people to share, like, inspiring stories or or weed through sort of some of the things that, like, when I came into the community, there's so much stuff to try to figure out, you know? And I would get these little glimpses of information from people and be like, well, that was really cool. How did you know that? Like, I didn't Google that. I didn't find that type of a thing. And so I thought, well, what better way? Like, why don't I just let the community, same as the journey, like let them drive the, the website. So I have these people that just, um, they send in their, their blogs, their story. I mean, this is great. Like I was telling you before, I'm like, you think my story is okay to you? Like, that's humbling to me, but, like, you should read the stuff on the project website. Like, these guys are incredible. And so just just that. I just really want to get to connect to people, to be honest with you. And so Mojo Racing is one of the platforms for that as far as people doing um, that componentry. And then the website um, is another way for hopefully me to, I don't know, just, I don't know, spread the light, man. No. That's kind of what I'm guessing I'm trying to do, so. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so before we finish up with the last last question or two, um, how do people? First of all, what is the website, and how can people follow you uh, digitally? Oh yeah, um, so my so my project website is thetriumphproject.org. 
And that, that, that will take you to all the social sites too as well. But I'm mainly on Instagram. Like I do feed to Facebook, but I'll be honest, like I'm pretty much primarily on Instagram and that's um, my handle there is at the triumph project. And then I'm just under Jeff Fairbanks um, for Facebook or um, I think it's 21 days of triumph is the triumph project Facebook page. And I try to basically, I just put stuff from, from like Instagram kind of feeds those. So um I would say that Instagram is probably my number one as far as communicating and doing a lot of stuff. So that's how they can find Got me. It. Um, if, if you so choose, right? <laughs> you can find <laughs> well, I highly recommend it for anyone who doesn't, who's listening right now. So we're going to finish up with, a, we, I call them strides, you know, quick little bursts. Um, so I'll give you a quick, uh, couple quick questions for you. You can, you can spend as long as you want on them, as long as you want on them for the answer, but we'll just kind of dive in. So if you're working out, are you going, with or without headphones? Oh, with. Okay. Yeah, with. So what are you listening um, in to? All, in, in all capacities. So I so I use the, like, Bluetooth stuff, and I even uh, have that for swimming, and swimming was, like, the biggest thing. But I listen to stuff that probably none of your listeners are going to be like. You're, like, a 15-year-old kid. I came from, like, punk music. I, got, I was big into that stuff when I was um, – so I'm 38. Um, coming like into high school and that sort of morphed into something called like hardcore, which is more like singing and screaming. So things like bands like asking Alexandria and Parkway drive and, um, probably was like, what the heck? And, <laughs> and, but then I also like other things like there's bands called like, um, like AFI and him. Um, and then stuff that I came from that people may, may know from the surf punk stuff. I mean, I grew up with like Pennywise and no effects, um, strung out uh you know i don't know if any of that rings a bell but it's it's basically like screaming and singing my wife doesn't like it nobody i I rarely meet people that are like hey that's awesome however however i did recently one of my hardcore bands is called asking alexandria like i was saying they're probably one of my favorites and they did something where they like took the album and mixed it with uh some type of, uh, I think it's called EDM, electronic dance music. I kind of had to learn that term. But they basically gave, like, their original song to some dude or, or, or some lady that's going to, like, mix in with these beats. And I'm telling you, I, I like, three of their mixes, they have, like, I think it's, like, another bottle down. Um, it's called it's called Asking Alexandria Stepped Up and Scratched. And I'm just telling you, if you like kind of, like, some pump-ups, pump up stuff it's not crazy like screaming or whatever and there's been a lot of people um that i have that have asked me what music and stuff that have heard those songs on there and they're like oh my i listen to this as my workout so maybe if some people want to look that stuff up asking alexandria stepped up and scratched album um listen to a few of the things on itunes i think maybe you might get some pump up music because that i have to have that man going through my stuff and in fact funny side story i know i'm long-winded but during the running of all all of those days, believe it or not, even though I listen to this kind of music and, and, and kind of into that high-energy type stuff, I would find myself singing Disney songs. Like, not, <laughs> not, not, not that it, like, it wasn't as if, like, hey, I just really want to sing a song. It was like I had to. So I was singing stuff like, fro- like from the music. Uh, from music from Frozen that my daughter likes, you know, just just all sorts of these Disney movies that just come out, and I'm like, I just have to sing this right now. And I would just kind of very quietly just sing it to myself as I'm kind of running. And and it was weird. Yeah, I totally weird stuff, man. Th- those are some of the weird times. But anyhow, just just goes to show. So that's I wasn't a... my hardcore stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the life of a dad, right? I can't. I got to be honest with I you. Guess I so. do it too. Whether I'm you know, going for a run or I happen to be like mowing the lawn or doing the dishes. It's weird when it comes out. It's almost like subconscious. Like I, I don't like pick yeah. like, Hey, what song do I want in my brain right now? It's like all of a sudden I got Moana soundtrack coming out of my brain. I know. <laughs> I, Moana's a big one too. <laughs> weird, weird. Yeah. Trust me. All right. So what time of day do you do your workouts? Uh, so they range. So they usually do multiples in a day. So oftentimes you get up before work. Um, so kind of crack a dawn stuff. And then I do evening stuff. Um, occasionally through the week, uh, I don't actually mind going when it's super, like it's been hot here from Colorado, uh, over the last month or so. And I'll just flat out go in the middle of the day. I don't mind the sun on my back type stuff, sweating it out. So, um, I'm, I would say primarily I'm, I'm like early morning and, um, and afternoon, like slash evenings. So kind of before and after work type stuff. 
Well, you've already proven that you don't mind the heat because you did the Triumph Project in the beginning of August. So I think that really <laughs> gives you your bona fides in terms of being able to handle the heat. Well, you know the kicker is so we were I we okay, I did get flack for that. I'm like, what you know, I heard this stuff like why in the world would you pick like why would you go in the summer at all on the East Coast? And I'm like, Well, a couple of reasons. Like one is because Cohen's school, right? Like my eldest school is out. I can't do it during like I said, I didn't have anyone paying me. Like in fact we paid to do this whole dang thing, right? But here's the kicker. So, okay, we're going through there, and my in-laws are down in Florida. So we were going to go from Maine to Florida. And we're like, okay, well, we probably won't get to heat till like, mid midway through. Like, we were thinking maybe around, like, North Carolina-ish area. Like, maybe we might start feeling some heat. And then, obviously, the heat midday in Florida. So, like I said, planning never went to course, right? We showed up in Maine, and no joke, it literally felt like Florida from day one. Just day one, all the way down the 21 days. I mean, crazy. I think there is one. If I if I think I remember, there's either one or two days that like a storm came in and and actually like made it be like 60 degrees and you know like kind of killed that hot humid feel, made it kind of feel like kind of cool and wet. Um, and those were like, whoa, this is that's weird. That's nice. Those were a couple. Other than that, 90 percent of that whole thing was just a sauna, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I know the feeling. I know the feeling, man. I live in Rhode Island. I'm a lifelong Rhode Islander. You know, I experience it every day, and you're absolutely right. And for anyone who hasn't grown up around here, I remember back in middle school, like one of my buddies had just moved to Rhode Island from Arizona, and it's like, all right, he's dealing with, you know, 110-degree weather in the summer, so he actually moved in during the summer into our neighborhood. So we're kind of looking around like, hey, man, it must be nice, like, you know, it's supposed to be like 110 degrees in Arizona today, like like only 90 here, like it must be pretty nice for you. He goes, shoot, no, man, it's worse here. Like I, I'd much rather yeah. be back there. Like the heat here is just oppressive. Like get me out of here. Oh yeah, there's well, there's a couple of days that took out um, that took out some people because uh, of that. Like one guy got his, they tried to mess around with his nutrition, and I think we're in like Maryland. Maryland is pretty. Man, and I'm bummed I missed you in Rhode Island. We're in Rhode Island at two stops. Um, I think oh, near Gansett, if I said that right. And then, um, yeah, one of, we were at a park, and we had a kicker because we were at a park. And the park wouldn't let us start until, like, like 10 or, or – no, I think it was, like, 11 or 12 or something. They wouldn't open up the lake. And we're like, oh, man, okay, fine. So we pull in there, get in there, and then realize after we swam and, and biked, to come back to do the run, we were parked inside the park. And I, I, I talked to them, and I'm like, hey, I, they closed at like 4. There's literally a really short window. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be done with the run. They're like, well, we're going to lock the gates. I'm like, oh, yeah. And there was like no, you know, where we were, it wasn't like, you can't just park your, you know, big old trailer like just on the side of the road, right? <laughs> like that was right, right. thing. And so we actually had to drive. That was one hang-up is we finished the bike. We had to drive like an hour to um was it westerly it might have been westerly rhode island it was a beautiful spot like right on this right on this kind of like i don't know if it was a lake or what it was huge huge bay it almost looked like to me and we had to park set everything up and i actually had to finish the run there like an hour away um and which i did but like that was the prettiest i was running literally around this there's like a one one lane type of road kind of um, all along this waterway with neighborhoods and stuff. And I remember these people were like, I kind of did laps, you know? And mm-hmm. they'd be like, how many, uh, how you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> how many miles is that? I'm like, oh, I'm at like eight right now, you know? And they just thought it was so cool. And, they, and then they came and talked to my wife or whatever. But I'm like, geez, such a bummer because, uh, you know, that stuff kick, kicks me a little bit. Some of these people found out about, like, the journey sort of after the fact or, like, right when I was done or something. I'm like, such a bummer because – you know, like, I could have met with you at one of those spots. I don't know how far that would be from where you are, but... Um, not far, you man. Know, just to not have far. That, you know, could have made it happen, man. Maybe another time. Another time. Yeah, I got a race on Sunday. Um, you know, right now, it's uh, August 2nd. So this will come out probably after the race ends. Uh, you'll probably do it next week. But I have a race on Sunday in Narragansett. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. You're, like, right there in the backyard. Right there. All Beautiful right. spots so, hey. around there. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this. This is this has been wonderful. So I guess one one last thing. You mentioned earlier uh that you have other stuff on tap. You're always moving, always trying to do the next thing. So what's what's next 
for you in terms of a, a goal you're looking for? Yeah. Um, well, the crazy, like, you mean in the crazy project or just in general, just with what I'm trying to do? Um, you know, I guess I'll go with the crazy first. Let's do the crazy first. I have the crazy first. So the crazy first, what I'm trying to, again, I'm just spitballing this right now. But my thought was that I wanted to see about doing something like called the tripocalypse or something like that, where we would take a kind of a, a, a few crazies uh, or people that want to want to get crazy and do like a three-day event where we do actual 24 hours of swimming, then biking, and then running, and basically kind of like last man standing, like most oh miles my type God. of thing, like – yeah, and it would all be stationary. Um, so the talk is kind of maybe about doing, like, a convention center somewhere where, like, you know, an endless pool, a bike trainer, and a treadmill, like, in your square. And so there's, you know, athlete one, two, whatever, and basically you can look over at any point. So I'm getting pushed back on some of this stuff. And, again, like, I'm letting this out to you guys so, like, nobody burn my idea, please. Drop my fingers, but whatever. <laughs> but um, – but the thought is this. I thought how cool it would be you have, a, you have a clock on one side of this square. you got to bring in your stuff. you got to kind of handle it. You can have, you can have your like, team there, but you can't leave this thing unless you got to go. Like, if you got to go to the bathroom, that's fine, but you have to be there. So if you're going to rest, if you're going to do whatever, it's all in your square. People can, can stream it, but then because it's all, like, I don't know about the swimming piece, but as far as the biking and running, anyone could do it with us anywhere in the world because I'd use Zwift with my kicker so you can virtually come on and ride for as long as you want and kick out Mm -hmm. whenever you want. And the same on the run. It's also on Zwift. And that means like anyone around with like that has access to a treadmill, which means like you go to your gym, you could come run. And then that way we could be like, you can group, you can, you can uh, group with your favorite athlete or your favorite person or whoever, or do multiples forever. But then I thought from the athlete perspective, as far as like, you can also stream in, you could be looking over knowing, like, okay, look, I don't want to push as much on the swim. Like, gaining one more mile might eat me up for this, and then vice versa on the run, right? But you would at least know, okay, my guy over here is sleeping right now, so maybe I'm going to go a little bit more now. Or, you know, what do you risk? You know, what do you risk doing? And so for me, I just thought it sounded crazy. Um, and uh, so, anyhow, that's what I'm exploring right now is whether or not um, – that is something that is of interest to anybody else. I mean, it sounds interesting to me, but I mean, who am I, right? So it's like, if oh, anyone I love else it. Would, I love it. Would, would think about it, I think I think it should be fun, you know, because we could live stream it, we could do all that stuff. And then I thought from the competitor, uh, I don't even want to say it's a competition. Well, I, I think it's a competition within yourself because for me, like, there are certain, like, records for, and they're crazy. Like, I think the record that I looked up for swimming was like 63 miles in a day. And then, like, biking was. I didn't see anything for a single day. I saw, like, there's a long-distance record at Zwift, and that, I think they did it in three days. But then there's an outdoor one. I think it was, like, 550 miles. And then the running was crazy. It was on a treadmill. I think the guy did it for, I think he was 163 miles, you know? And so I'm like, you know, you can have people that want to come out and just try to ruin those records. You know, those are actual, like, world records, if I recall correctly. Um, they can try to right. ruin those just on their own individually if they want. Um, but for me, I just thought, like, how interesting would it be to try to figure out how you do throttle control through that setup? Like, if you knew, like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do three hours of sleep. Okay, well, can you get through? Can you get through 21 hours of, like, swimming? Like, I mean, sure, you would take little breaks here and there, but, I mean, like, can you, can you really do that? And then what are you going to do on the bike? And then, you know, or are you trying to save yourself up for the run? And then, you know, then we're trying to figure out, okay, well, how would you deem you know, they're trying to think about, I've been talking with Love the Pain about it. You know, they're like, well, how would you deem like a winner? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You could say last man standing, you can come try to come up with mileage. But I'm like, to me in my book, I'm like, if anyone did that for just the three days and just was still standing, like, I just think they should all just be freaking winners. I agree. I, just, I agree, man. You know, <laughs> uh, I just think, I just think it could be kind of cool. And uh, anyhow, so that's what I'm, that's my kind of like my next little journey thing. Um, and uh and then for me just personally i'm just trying to build the community for the for the triumph site and then um as i go for my own stuff in the training stuff i'm just still trying to train to be at the ready for like if there's an opportunity to do anything cool with anybody you know like whatever that is like i said push a kid across a line just something in inspiring like that i want to build on that piece i feel like for some reason that seems to be the hat that i'm that i'm wearing um 
and and wasn't really my intention, I guess, but I'm kind of loving it, you know, and I kind of feel like, okay, you know, if that's, if other people like that, then I, I love to just, I'm kind of like a helper person, you know, I'm like, well, then if I can help in some way, then I'm open to anything. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I just keep myself, try to keep myself sharp in the things I'm doing and um, be at the ready for whatever comes up. Now, race wise, I'll be a boulder this weekend. And then I have Tempe, which is um, down in Arizona, which is in October. And then I got into Oceanside down in California for their 70.3 next April. And that's all I have on, on tap there. That's kind of a lot for me. And I've actually never done an Ironman event, which is this weekend. So I'm like, put it this way. There's as many people in my division as there like were typically in races I've done in the past. So to me, that's a, it might, I don't know if this sounds weird to you, but that's a little overwhelming to me. I'm not really into the big, like here's like 500 people in the water to go swimming. Like, you know, that makes, if right. they were all friends, like there to do something collective, like, that's cool. But to me, like in that environment of racing, I, uh, I get super nervous. So anyhow, that's what I got, man. Sorry. I, I know. I that's great. Much, that's so. great. There you go. No, thank you so much for everything. This has been fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed the time. I love hearing the story. Shoot. I could talk to you for, I don't know if you'd want to talk to me for hours, but I would talk to you for hours. This has been fantastic and good luck this weekend. Yeah, man. Hey, you too. Let me know how you do on the race. Um, and, and like I said, yeah, like, Dude, I, I enjoyed it as well. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Humbled at it. Um, and anytime you want to talk or whatever, hopefully we can line up sometime. Let's 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 do it. Let's make it happen. All right. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Likewise. All right. Thanks.